Can we just give Jesus a shout of praise this morning? I love this church. Oh. Like, last time I was here, that was crazy. This time, I, I can feel it. You know when you're in the right place at the right time, you just know it? And, and how many can feel today? Like, like I, I want you to turn on your God radar today in this room. Because how many believe right now that there are angels in this place? Kevin and I were talking. He saw this angel come in. I, I did too. And, and, I, and I feel like today is a day of breakthrough. Somebody say breakthrough. And, and how many want breakthrough in this season? And so when, and I'm going to, can I give you guys a prophetic message today? Do I have, to, do I have time to ex explain some things? Because I feel like today God wants to position you for something absolutely amazing. Because Brent, when you came up here and you started orchestrating what God was doing in the spirit, I saw a mantle that was hovering over this church. And I'm like, God, what is this? He said, it's, it's part of the anointing that Windward's stepping into in 2022. And I, I got a word for this next season right now that this church and you are stepping into a new anointing. How many want to step into something fresh? I, I love, you know, when you read the Psalms with David, David was never satisfied with an old anointing. He always wanted fresh oil. Some of us today, we need to believe God for fresh oil. We can't live off of yesterday's vision, yesterday's anointing. I want that fresh anointing here today. I want God to release it, the overflow. And I feel like there's a new anointing for a new season. And it's right here. And so in the room, when Brent was releasing this, I saw this mantle. And it was the mantle of many colors. And the Lord spoke to me in this room that God is releasing into 2022 the mantle of the Joseph anointing that's coming over the church. And boy, do we need it. See, here's the deal. In times of crisis, God raises up men and women that have an unusual anointing that when world situations come, God has an answer. How many believe God was not surprised by COVID? God was not surprised by the flood. But in his wisdom, in the midst of seeing world events, God raises up a people. Was God surprised that the world was going to go through times of plentiful and times of famine in Joseph's day? No. But what did God do? He raised up a person. The answer was his people. You are an answer today. You're not a problem. You got to start to look at yourself. You're an answer. You're an answer. You might feel like, well, Sammy, I got lots of problems, but the, that's not who you are. Your identity is you are an answer. You're not a problem to be solved. You're an answer to be released to a world that is so desperate right now for breakthrough. You know, when talking about COVID, I'm so excited, you guys. This church, I, I, I'm telling you, you guys warn and contend God's going to give you authority over COVID in this next season. You're going to break this thing. Here's what God told me. Now, I, I'm going to tell you this. Man, I hate COVID with a passion. It's partly spiritual, by the way. I'm just going to tell you that right now. This thing feeds off fear. And so God spoke to me and said, you're going to go after this thing head on. I said, what do you mean? He said, anytime someone calls about being in an ICU, you're going to FaceTime in. I prayed probably for at least 30 to 40 people in ICUs via FaceTime. And being there with seeing people with the tubes and all this stuff. And at some point you have to believe. Yeah. Enough is enough. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. And some of us, we've been in this place and maybe we've had loved ones pass. But yet, you know what? They died believing. 
But I'm going to tell you this. I believe in this church, God is going to break the back of COVID. I believe it. And I've seen it. I remember when a nurse one day phoned our ministry and said, Sammy, can I talk to you? She ran the whole nursing department in one of our largest hospitals in Edmonton. This was at the very beginning when, when again, people were just trying to figure this thing out and, and emergency rooms were full. And she said this, she said, you know what? We've never done this before, but could we FaceTime you in? There's a man there that's in his 40s. He's got three kids and he's on a ventilator and, and he's dying. His, his organs are shutting down. And can you pray? I remember in that moment thinking, can I pray? I don't care who you are, you think this way. Can I actually do something? Because right now it just feels like nobody can do anything. It can feel very powerless. And I remember in that moment I said, I'm going to do this. I had no, no concept, no grid. And I remember being on a FaceTime and seeing what was going on. And, and, and this nurse, by the way, put her job on the line. Because all of her colleagues were there. They're saying, what are you doing? I'm bringing in this minister to pray. And they're like, we don't need prayer. This is what they said. We don't need prayer. Can I tell you this right now? There's a lot of the world that is not looking for sympathetic prayer. The world is not looking for a little hashtag that says, I'm praying for you. The world is not looking for little emojis, prayer emojis. The world is looking for when you pray, do you have a God of power that can change a situation? So there I am, and I'm looking at this, and I'm wondering, God, what do I do? And I can hear the doctors be like, what are you doing? She says, give us three minutes. She says, Sammy, you better go quick. You ever done panic prayer? I remember being in that room looking, I'm thinking, in myself, I, I can't do anything. But at the end of the day, it's not about me. I think for some of us, we've made it about us. It's the problem with our prayer life. The reason why it's powerless is because we're selfish and we think about us. And when we get over ourselves and realize it's not about you, it's not about how you feel, it's not about how you felt that day or that week, but it's about Jesus Christ, the hope of glory inside of you. He's in here, and you got to get over yourself and how you feel and the thoughts that go in your head, and you got to speak the word of God. Because what does God say? Because I know this, you will live and not die. It's a word over this church. started to pray. All of a sudden, I could feel it. I'm in my car in a parking lot. I could feel the presence of God. I'm, and I said, you feel this? I, and the nurse is saying, I feel it. All of a sudden, people in, in the whole ICU are like, what is going on? What's this feeling of electricity that we're feeling in the room? All of a sudden, this man that was in a coma opens his eyes in three minutes. I still remember the doctor that said, we don't need prayer. Said, keep praying, keep praying. It's amazing. One encounter. Can I tell you this right now? Within three hours, he was responsive. By the next morning, he was out of the hospital. Why am I sharing this? I believe in this house. Listen, somebody has drawn a line and said, you know what? COVID stops at the door. Somebody's going to get authority over this. And I believe in this house. We're going to release the word of the Lord. You will live and not die. I'm going to say amen. amen. So I feel this today, this Joseph anointing that's here. And I, I'm going I'm to share on this because I believe that this Joseph anointing isn't just a business anointing. This is an anointing to be an answer to a problem. That God is looking to raise up deliverers in Canada. And I love all of our friends all over the world, but I'll tell you this right now. We need Canadians responding to the call of God for Canada. And, and I believe this in this season. God is raising up Canadian apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors. 
and I love all of our friends all over the world, but at some point we have to believe it ourselves. Doesn't matter how many times American apostles, prophets, listen, I don't care what TV show, CBN, TBN, it doesn't matter until Canadians believe it. Do you believe? And I love this about Joseph because here's a, here's a man. When you read about him, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly go through because I, I don't want to go too long, but this is fascinating. Genesis chapter 37, verse 1, and I'm going to start here. It says, now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Jacob being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brothers and the lad was with the sons of Bilah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now look at this. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all. Somebody say all. all. Look at this. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Because he was the son of his old age, also he made a tunic of many colors. I want to stop here and focus on verse 3. Because the very first thing it says is that Israel loved Joseph more than all his brothers. How do you know favor's not fair? You know we don't live in the kingdom of heaven under a democracy? Do you realize that? Even though we might, we might feel like we get a vote in church, but can I tell you this right now? You don't get a vote in heaven. What do I mean by that? It's not that God doesn't listen to what you have to say, but at the end of the day, he calls the shots. And if he wants to pour out favor, he will pour out favor. Now, here's the deal with favor. It's available for everybody. God loves you, and he wants you to have favor. But I'm going to tell you this right now. He's not looking for superstar Christians. He's not looking for Christians that are going to use favor the wrong way. He's not looking for us. And I feel like the problem is, is that we've got this, this gospel mentality that I'm blessed. Listen, I carry favor because I have a big house, a nice car. I go on vacation. Friends, I'm going to tell you this right now. That is the lowest level of favor that you can have. Because heaven is not impressed by your stuff. I don't care how many vacations you go on. I don't care how much you have in your savings account. None of that matters. Because at the end of the day, heaven's not impressed by success. Are you living a life of significance? And we see here that that Joseph had unusual favor. And it says this, and I love this. It says, number one, because he was a son of his old age. I would say old age. age. Listen, I believe it's not by accident I'm speaking here in this week, in the month of November, right here. I'm going to wear in the 11th month, right? You know that Joseph was the 11th son? You know that 11 is, is the prophetic month? 11 actually means the prophetic When you think about, in Numbers, 11 is all about prophecy. Can I tell you this right now? We're in the days right now. How many believe we're in the 11th hour like Jesus talks about? Right now, the 11th hour workers. We're in the time right now, I believe, of the season of 11 where God is looking for people to rise up right now. You might not feel like you've been around a long time. God's not looking at your old resume. He's looking at you right now saying, are you willing to accept the call of God that I have for you right here, right now? We're in the day of the 11th hour. Joseph had unusual favor because he was the son of Israel in his old age. I believe we're living in a day of favor right now, not because we deserve it, not because we're the most qualified or the most gifted, but we are in the day today, I believe I wrote this out of Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2, which Isaiah prophesies, now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the tops of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all, somebody say all. 
and all nations shall flow to it. Can you believe Windward that God is raising up a ministry, a church here in Aldergrove, here in Langley, that is going to be established on the tops of the mountains and the nations are going to come right here, right now. And again, it's not because we're superstar Christians. It's because God has put us in the 11th hour. And we're the sons and daughters that are loved and in many ways we're in the latter days and I find it fascinating that Israel gives Jacob sorry Israel gives Joseph this beautiful coat of many colors and how many know listen if you want to be a Joseph I'm going to tell you this right now you're not going to be liked by everybody Favor doesn't just attract good things, it also attracts criticism. You know the one word I have for you today right now? You've got to learn how to be unoffendable. Stop caring about what everybody thinks. We care too much. And we get offended so easy. And here's the deal. Here's what I found right now. Even with people today in the body of Christ that are speaking negative against you, you can't get angry with them. Because at the end of the day, they're your family. I'm going to say that again. They're your family. Don't get mad with the different denominations that don't believe the same way as you. Don't get mad with people that might not like you. They might criticize. They might even think that you have devilish doctrines. I'm going to tell you this right now. You can't get angry with them. You have to learn how to look past that because at the end of the day, they're still your family. And usually the very people that agitate you are also the people that you're called to help. And just like Joseph, he realized that even his brothers, the ones that were against him, he actually had an anointing to help deliver them. I got a word for you right now. You will have no authority over the things that you do not love. And we're in a process right now for all of us of keeping our heart in check. We're in a process right now for all of us of getting into a place where it's like, do I actually love people unconditionally? Do I love you today? Do I have your best interests? Or is it self-serving? How do I know? I can tell you this right now. When you can't get something out of a relationship, do you pull back? When someone else gets blessed, do you get excited? Or are you wondering, God, when is it my turn? See, some of us today, we're in a place we don't realize God's testing our heart. And he's looking at us being like, are you going to be just as excited when someone else gets breakthrough? And believe it, it's like just like your own. This is what I've realized. If I'm just as concerned with you, God will take care of me. When I believe in you, this is what God's raising up in Canada. I'm prophesying this right now. God is raising up in Canada a body of believers and leaders that are going to treat each other's victories like they're their own. They're going to get just as excited for your breakthrough. Because it's my breakthrough. Say this with me. Your breakthrough is my breakthrough. Say it again. Your breakthrough is my breakthrough. Doesn't that feel good? You start to realize, I'm in this with you. I'm not competing against you. And life is just more fun. So I like, I've seen this. Kevin and I were talking about this. I, I've been friends with Kevin and Donna for years. They've known me at my best. They've also known me at my worst. Praise God, I'm telling you, you're a blessed man. Man, man, I'm telling you right now, I don't know if me and you could cook back in the day. I don't, I don't remember. Man, it was, it was rough. You literally took that verse, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, obtains favor from the Lord. I'm just saying. But here's the deal. You know what I love doing ministry? With, with like Kevin. I got 20-something years of relationship. 
is looking for us right now not to be one-offs. There's too many one-night stands in ministry. Then we wonder why we get burnt out. You know why? There's no relational equity. You know why things never transition? You want to know why we don't see a lot of transition in the body? Here's the, the honest to goodness truth. Is because when it comes to transitioning, you don't have enough relational equity to believe that that person actually has your best interest in heart as well. And the hardest part, and I see this time and time again, when it comes to things where, where peep ministries are supposed to transfer over, when things are supposed to happen, the hardest part is when you don't have relationship. At the end of the day, it almost never works. No matter the prophetic words, no matter all these things, you've got to have some kind of equity with people. This is why I encourage you. I'm so, I'm so jealous for this. You want more influence with your kids. Spend time with them. Part of the problem is we're like, we wonder why. See, can I tell you this right now? We, we are, as Christians, we're so afraid of our kids in the world. We're terrified. You know how many Christians are terrified? Oh my goodness. My, you, know, you know, if I say public school, people start going like this. And we try so hard to protect our kids. We try so hard, but we don't realize. We have an opportunity to spend more time with them than anybody else. But you know what the problem is? The problem is so often is that we look at our kids sometimes as the chore instead of the reward. I'm realizing that. I have three daughters. And I'm say, I'm, by the way, I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. I have three daughters. And, I, I, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I, I'm, I got stuck here, by the way. I've been in BC for over two weeks. I'm not gonna tell you, some of you already know. But I've had to overcome my own, my own health stuff here, in Jesus' name. Dirty COVID. <laughs> but can I tell you this right now? Your greatest joy should be being able to sow into your kids. And listen, I, and I'm not, if you felt like you've, like, you're like Sammy, I, I, maybe I didn't invest enough time with my kids. Maybe it's never too late. If you can't sow time right now, and even if you have a stressed relationship, I want to encourage you right now. Spend time in the Lord with your kids at heart. Meaning, bring your kids to the Lord every day. It's never too late for your kids, but I will tell you this. If you have kids that you're in relationship with, I'm realizing this more than ever, especially for my three little girls, as a man in their life, in some ways... I am the voice of the Father. I'm not just talking Father Sammy. I'm also talking Father God. I am the voice of the Father to my kids. And God has entrusted me with His voice coming through me. It's a big trust. Man, I didn't mean to get off here, but I feel it. Because where we're going in 2022, I believe this right now, it's not a revival of a pulpit. It's a revival in all areas of life. It's a revival right now where we're about to see God move in our homes. We're about to see God move in our businesses. We're going to see God move in our health. I believe in all areas we want to see revival. How many say amen? amen. But I want to say this because Joseph, see, it's interesting because in those verses I shared, it says that he brought a bad report to his father. Have you ever thought, I'm like, Joseph, you little dirty snitch. You ever had that person that's like a justice, my, my middle child it, Taylor is a justice girl. She will, she will tell the truth, tell everything, especially to mom, whatever dad does. Whatever dad does. If I take out Taylor and we go out for some extra candy because I want to spoil her, guess who's the first person to know? Mom. Mom, I got to let you know. I know I'm only supposed to have three candies, but daddy gave me five. I'm like, you... It's just in her. And we see this with Joseph. And I remember looking at this being like, come on, man, why are you doing that? You're a brother. Know what the Lord told me? He said it was in Joseph to not allow things to stay the same if things were off. He saw something that was wrong 
in the midst of the business of his brothers, him and his brothers, and he said, I'm raising up a generation that's going to see the flaws in society and cry out to the Father and say, Father, these areas are not right. We need justice. We need breakthrough. Is there anybody here today that can see things in our world right now that's like, God, we need you to move in our school systems. God, we need you to move today in our churches, in our businesses. There's areas that are not right, and I'm coming to you, God. I'm not gossiping. I'm going to the Father. Because I'm bringing a report because I believe that there can be change in the report. Some of us today, we, we, have, we do have greasy grace. We've allowed culture to infect our message. So we become culturally relevant, but biblically inaccurate. So we have a lot of really nice messages, but it's not even the Bible. And it's hard to address things because the Bible says that the word of God is, is a sharp two-edged sword. Can I tell you something? There's times when you speak the word, it hurts. There's times when you speak the word, it confronts the culture of its day and it causes morality to come back in society again. But it takes guts to say something. Because nowadays we live on social media, everything costs you. Costs you. Costs you to say something. But I believe God's raising up a generation that realizes the reward is greater than the cost. I want to speak truth. I don't want to to live in a fallacy that my kids are actually going to have to reap the rewards of us not addressing the culture of the day. I don't want my kids to look at me and say, why did you let this be? Why am I facing your giants? And so if you hear hard words, embrace it because at least you have a leaders. And I know this with Brent. I know this with Kevin. I'm telling you, I know this with this team. They're willing to talk about things that a lot of people won't, even if it causes some people to get offended in their heads. Because the problem is, is that we've got culturally, these cultural messages that allow everything. Can I say this right now? Willful sin is not okay. Willful sin is not okay. And you can say God loves you. And you can say all these things, but can I tell you this right now? If you truly believe in the grace of God, we're going to grow up. And if I have to just say this right now for some of us, guys, God wants to cut off some of these areas in our life because we think, well, you know what? I can just, you know, I'll just come to church. Everything's going to be okay. Friends, it's not good enough to just be okay. What about the best that God has for you? And I see this with Joseph. He was willing to confront what was going on and not hide it. How many here want to be raised up as a speaker of truth in this season? How many want to be raised up in this time right now with that anointing? I I want to say this. There was also something else with Joseph. I want to read this. So powerful. It goes on to say here in in Genesis 37, 5 through 7. Now Joseph had a dream. How many here have a dream today? I feel like Martin Luther King. Listen, anybody have a dream? Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. And look at this. And they hated him even more. Has anybody ever felt like your life was better before you received the prophetic word? It's like people were okay with you. Then you get a word like, God's going to use you as a revival center. It's like, now everybody does it. Like they don't pick up your calls. They're like, great. Thanks a lot. You're like, God, what's the deal? Or, you're, or how about this? God's going to bless you. Then it's like you lose everything. You're like, can I call the prophet? Some of you are looking at me like, you gave me that word. <laughs> you're like, can I return that to sender, please? Give me the bill. But we see this that Joseph has a dream. And his brothers hate him even more. And I, so he said to them, look at this, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. I don't even know why he shared it, but he did. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your, look at this, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. They already 
hated you, dude. Now you're telling him, listen, I got a dream for you. All of you are going to bow down to me. Can you imagine saying that in today's, in a conference? By the way, I got a word. All of you guys are going to bow down. People would be like, what are you talking about? But see, here's what sometimes we fail to realize. There's two aspects of Joseph's dream. Number one is destiny. We know that that dream resembled his destiny. And so we know that God raised up Joseph to be a ruler. And there was a point in the natural where Joseph's brothers did bow down to him. So we know that was symbolic. But there's another side to this that most people don't talk about. It's the, if I could put it this way. It's the heart of Joseph. See, the the Bible says that Joseph's sheaf stood upright. Meaning, Joseph stood in the calling of who he was. It doesn't say he lifted himself above. It just said his sheaf stood upright. See, there's a lot of people today that will get upset with you when you step into the identity of who you are, they'll call you prideful. They'll call you arrogant. But the truth is you're just stepping into the reality of who you are. And so you see Joseph, he stands into this reality. So when you're called to be an apostle, you step into the reality of being an apostle. You don't have to, you don't have to be sorry about it. You don't have to tell people the reasons why. You just step in. There's a lot of people that need 20 reasons to do something. And God is saying, no, I've told you who you are. It's time for you to step into that reality. Don't make excuses. See, this is what we got to break in Canada. Small thinking. Well, we all got to be the same. I will not align myself for people that have given up on their own dreams trying to tell me to give up on mine. I will not bow down my head because of your unbelief. There's got to be a generation that rises up and say, I'm going to step into the fullness of who I am. It doesn't matter my family history. It doesn't matter what's gone in the past. It's a new day, and I'm going to step into the reality of who I am. And I believe the reason why is their brothers were bowed down is because they didn't have any vision. Their whole world revolved around what they did in that moment. Do you have a dream? See, I feel like so often society tells us to play it safe. Just protect your hope. Do you have a dream? Do you have something that causes you to stand up into the fullness of who you are? I love, Bill Johnson would say this. and You guys have probably heard this. He says, if your vision doesn't scare you, I wonder if it's God. If your vision doesn't cause you to dig in deep into the depths of who you are and cause you to pull out realities inside of you that you didn't even know that were there, but all of a sudden you step into a situation that demands it. Can I tell you this right now? Donna Stoddy. How many are blessed by Donna Stoddy? I'm going to celebrate you. Because I remember when you got words about worship leading. I remember the process. I was there. And seeing you and, and, and conversations with you and Kevin and all the stuff process. And I look at you now and the person that you are and leading teams and everything that you do. And I believe when words are spoken, it takes an individual, sometimes not to figure it out all here, but just to step into it and be obedient to the word and put it to use. And I look at what you've done and you're a good steward of that word. And you have leaders that are good stewards of the words that have been spoken. And I'm speaking to you today. What have we done with the words that have been spoken over our life? Are we waiting for God to do it? Or do we believe that God's already put what we need inside of us? This, I'm telling you right now, this is a word right here. This is for us today but it's also for Canada. Can I tell you right now with winter, I'm just gonna say this right now. I want you to expand your vision. 
you're not just a ministry in Langley. You are an apostolic center for Canada. I'm going to say that again because only a couple of you got that. You are not just a local church in a city. You are an apostolic ministry for the nation. You've got national vision. So how do you see yourself? Some of you today, you don't even realize this, but God's about to launch you all over the world. I had the privilege of talking to John or not. When he, I asked him, I said, what was it like? And I, and I said, you had so many ministries birthed out of your church. I said, how, like, what did you think when God was releasing all of your people? And he said, he said, Sammy, in the middle of revival, I remember God was moving one night. He was just watching. At that time, there was only probably like three, 400 people in the room. It's, Sharon, this is crazy. He, looked, he just said, he's looking around the room and God speaks and says, behold your ministry team. He's like, behold my ministry team. He's like, God, I, I don't even trust half these people. Behold your ministry team. He's like, I know their marriage. I know their finances. I know this. And he's like, behold your ministry team. See, some of you today, you're still looking from the place of lack, not from the place of promise. You're not a people of problem. You're a people of promise. Can I tell you what happened all of a sudden? In the midst of revival, people started getting a vision for their marriage. People started getting a vision for their finances. The very people that were in debt started leading lessons in how to recover finances back. People that had bad marriages, God restored their marriage. They started working with other couples to see their marriages restored. All of a sudden, their ministry team was the highlight. If you ask people that went to Toronto, John Arnott said this, he would interview people from all over the world. What was the highlight? of your time in Toronto, you know what they said? Wasn't the preaching. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Wasn't the worship. Even though both were awesome. He said it was the prayer time. Some of you guys went. It was the prayer time. And you would line up on those lines. You guys, if you ever went, you had all those lines, taped up lines. And all of a sudden, little grandma came. And you were waiting for John or not. But 65-year-old grandma came, and she was packing, and you didn't realize it. And you're waiting because you thought John or not needed to lay hands on you, but 65-year-old grandmother was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she had been touched by revival. And all of a sudden, she came over and put her finger on your head, and next thing you know, you were on the floor. Because in revival, it doesn't matter about the name. God's raising up a nameless, faceless generation. I believe in this church. Get ready. Whether you know it or not, you're going to serve the nation and the nations. That's why I know what you're doing with Windward School of Ministry is the Lord. God's raising up a national and international ministry team. Get involved. Don't wait. Because these are the moments. These are, this is it. But see, can you see it? Joseph saw it. Some of us today, right now, the, you know, we don't realize the Bible consistently says, without vision, my people perish. What is the vision that God has given you? Stop looking from problem and look from promise. Can I say this today, right now? We are stepping in. I'm going to end with this. We're going to land this plane. I, I just... Corporately, I want to pray if this is okay. Whew. 2022. I believe I'm here. I didn't, by the way, I didn't even know I was going to be preaching. Found out yesterday. But I got a word of the Lord for you right now. I'm preaching this, this month because it's the 11th month. And we're, we're in the 11th hour, I believe it, right now. And God is putting an unusual favor on this ministry and on you today. Not because we're something special, but because I believe this right now. We're children children today that are living in the last days and how many know that God will have a revival come on somebody that's going to usher in I believe billions of souls and that this ministry and that you are a part of and I'm going to end because right here if I could close with this here's Joseph we know he goes through incredible process, and, and I don't have enough time to get into this. But Joseph has a dream. 
and he knows that he's called to something more. And I feel this today in this room. God wants to lift up your vision. Maybe you've lost vision. Maybe COVID has really killed vision. I know this right now. There's a lot of people that are in pain because this season has not been easy. I know it. Some of us, we've gone through loss. And I, I, I never, please hear my heart. I never want to discount loss. We're called to, to mourn with those who mourn. And we're called to comfort those who've gone through seasons of great tests and great trial. I know it hasn't been easy. But I want to tell you this right now. This is not the end of your story. This is not the end. Come on, somebody. This is not the end of your story. You might feel like you've lost in 2021. Maybe it's been a really difficult year. And you're like, you know what? This year's been really hard. But this is not the end of my story. Because God, you have something for me that's beyond what I can think or imagine. And I'm not ending here. And we know with Joseph, he goes through incredible process. But he truly does see his dreams fulfilled. You know why? Because he always stayed with the Lord and the Lord always stayed with him. You know what 2021 is going to end with? It's the promise of Isaiah 22, 22. You guys know what Isaiah 22, 22 is? I'm going to read this to you because I believe this is the verse for this next year. I'm going to end with this. And then I'll, I'm going to get you guys to stand and I want to pray for you. Look at this, Isaiah 22, verse 22 says this, the key of the house of David, I will lay on his shoulder so he will open and no one will shut and he shall shut and no one shall open. Remember the word Brent gave there? He said, we got to open the doors. I got a word for you right now. God is giving you the key of the house of David. Listen, right here, God is giving you a key. And you're stepping into, listen, 2022. He's giving you authority to open doors that no man can close and close doors that no man can open. And I believe it was a prophetic sign today that Brent got the doors to open in this place. You know why? Because it's a new season for you. There's new doors that are opening for you right now. And we're about to close the old doors right now in the mighty name of Jesus. This season of, I'm just going to address it. The season of the fear of COVID. The season of the fear of lack. The season of the fear of loss is over. That door is being closed in the mighty name of Jesus. And it's time to swing wide you gates. And King of Glory, come in this place. It's time for the gates of revival to open in this place. It's time to usher in a new season of the glory of God. And so all over this room, come on guys, I want you to stand with me. Come on, God, here we are. God, here we are. Here we are, God. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for that anointing right now like Joseph that as crisis came on the world, you anointed a man to be an answer to crisis. God, I thank you that today there are answers for the crises of the world. And I believe they're in this room right now. And so God, here we are. We remind ourselves, some of you got to remind yourself right now, God, here we are. I'm not a problem to be solved. I'm not a problem to be solved. I got to stop looking inward. Stop trying to look at all the problems, trying to figure all of this. I'm not a problem to be solved. I'm an answer to be shared. I'm an answer today. I'm an answer to broken marriages. I'm an answer to poverty. I'm an answer to the education system. I'm an answer to the issues of COVID-19. I'm an answer right now to the drug problems. I'm an answer, God. So Lord, we thank you. Woo. Father, we thank you for what you're doing here today. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your great love. Lord, your great love for us. Not because we're some kind of superstars, but God, I thank you that you love us because we're your kids. And God, you looked at this season, you knew it from the beginning of time. God, you were never, never, ever unaware of COVID. You were not unaware of the floods that took place in Abbotsford. 
unaware of the family situations and the economy. You're not unaware of those things. But God, you've strategically handpicked before the beginning of time the individuals in this room for such a time as this. You are an answer from the beginning of time. And God, even right now, I'm going to do something. Lift up your hands. I can feel this today by the prophetic. I'm telling you, the spirit of the Lord right now. I break off right now all small-mindedness in this season. I, I break off right now all small-minded thinking, all fear right now of what happens if nothing happens. I break off every lie of the enemy. Devil, get out of people's minds today in Jesus' name. Doubt, you have no access today. I use that key of David today and I shut the door to doubt. I shut the door to the noises of the enemy. And I look to the vision of the Father. Woo! And I thank you right now. Windward Church, your best days are ahead of you. Windward Church, you are, not will be, you are an apostolic center for the nation. Windward Church, you are an answer to the prayers of revival in Canada. Windward Church, you will have many ministries carrying the spirit of revival all across the nations. Windward Church, this is your season. And the doors will be open. And the people will flow in day and night. Souls upon souls will be saved. Because I will build my church. I'm telling you right now, you've overcome something in the spirit. You've overcome something in the spirit. Just like Daniel had to pray for breakthrough for 21 days. What's the date today? Here's a word right now. Just like Daniel had to resist, I'm telling you right now, he had to resist giving up because he knew there was an answer on the way. I'm gonna tell you this right now. The last 21 days, you guys have been resisting to give up. I'm telling you right now, this is something about these 21 days. God is gonna give you authority, great authority over COVID. I'm telling you right now that there's something in this season right now where God is releasing right now, where the angel of the Lord has been released over this ministry. And there's a new authority that God is releasing on November 21st. Because you have not given up. And the angels, I'm telling you right now, the angels in this place are getting activated all over this room. There's angelic assistance being released to you right now in Jesus' name. God's releasing angels to your family, angels for your kids, angels right now, restoring finances. Father, I thank you right now. There is no more delay. I believe, Kevin, that's the angel that you saw in this room. It's something broke in this last 21 days. Something has broke. Lord, I thank you right now. You've gained ground in the spirit. Woo! Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, heaven is so excited. You've gained ground in the spirit. Lord, I thank you right now. Father, I thank you right now. Lord, I thank you right now. The ground that they take, they will build upon. They're going to build upon. You guys, get ready. Lord, I thank you for so many miracle testimonies in this house. Lord, that they're stepping into a season right now of mighty miracles. Shoo. The wells of healing are going to open up. Father, we thank you for it. Shoo. Wow. You've broken through. <laughs> you broke through. It's a word for you. You broke through. You broke through. You broke through. Intercessors, you broke through. 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 I'm going to tell you this right now. You're not going to lose any ground. You broke through. There's a new level of authority you guys are going to step into as a ministry. New levels of healing. I'm telling you this right now. People are going to get healed in their seats. Nobody's going to be praying for them. There's not even going to be, there's going to be healings that are going to just start popping all over this room. I'm telling you, you broke through. 
I want to encourage you right now. Some of you, after this, you need to start phoning your kids. You broke through. You broke through. Some of your relationship with your kids are going to change right now. That even in December of this next month of December, you're going to get breakthrough and family revival. God's going to restore relationships in the season you broke through. You broke through. I am just so happy to be here. So Father, we just thank you. Whether we understand it all or not, it's not the issue. Lord, we just thank you right now. And Lord, we receive everything that you have for us today. With an open heart today, we receive. Lord, we receive that anointing. Lord, I thank you. That Joseph anointing, let it just rest on people now. Lord, I thank you for the angels being released over people right now. Lord, we receive it. Lord, I, I, I need more angelic assistance. Because there's more harvest to come in. There's more breakthrough to see. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we just do something? Can we give Jesus a shout of praise? Well, I don't know about you. I feel like I just drank five red. Just a practical thing. If you're going to go out or you're going to go home, don't just step into routine. Take 10 minutes. Dream with God. Don't go back into just whatever. Take 10 minutes, dream with the Lord and say, God, what do you have for me? What do you want to do in 2022? I want you to write it down. Habakkuk 2.2. He who has the vision, make it plain, so he who sees it may run with it. God wants you to write down the vision so you can run with it in 2022 because the doors are open for you. It's time to dream the God dream. How many say amen? amen. Guys, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure and a blessing. Love you.